0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the BizCast. I'm Shannon King. So, today's episode is a little different from what we usually do. I've had the pleasure of talking to so many business owners over the past four months, and they've been so open talking about how their business has been affected by the pandemic. In many of these conversations with business leaders, the bulk of the discussions have been around their employees, the health, the well being, and the resiliency of their employees. The conversation you're going to hear today is with Deb Del Vecchio-Skull, a counselor and trauma specialist with her own practice in Brantford. Whatever your current situation is, we've all been dealing with communal trauma, which Deb explains in great detail. While the economy has opened back up and people are heading back to offices, the world hasn't returned to normal, and it probably won't. So for those of you listening who have employees, if you are an employee, or if you're currently out of work... This conversation is a great first step to understanding and talking about what we're all collectively going through. If you like this episode, please share and review and tell me if you'd like to hear more. And with that, here's my conversation with Deb. So Deb, you specialize in communal trauma, which is a, a, a really great term for what has been going on over the past four months with the pandemic and racial injustice the economic picture that's going on right now with many people out of work. So the first question I had for you is, can you talk about the difference between just everyday normal stress and traumatic stress, particularly due to the pandemic?
1: Sure. I mean, we all experience stress. And we need our stress response It's what wakes us up in the morning and gets us going. And a healthy amount of stress is a good positive thing. When our stress is at a much higher level and you pair that with a particularly scary or frightening either event, situation, or experience, then that moves over to a traumatic response. And a really important difference between them is that you know normal everyday stressors or even high levels of stress can be managed independently. You, know, you can use some of your coping skills and generally be able to turn that around. Traumatic stress or any kind of trauma, that's simply not the case. It just doesn't get better on its own. It really does need the attention uh, and the work with the, a trained professional, a trauma specialist, as a therapist, who can you know, treat that with you so that it doesn't continue to intrude or... Um, interfere with the way you're functioning in your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to go off of that, what does traumatic stress feel like um, and how does it show up for people who maybe aren't very familiar with, you know, this kind of stress level?
1: Sure. From Traum- a traumatic stress reaction, you can have a range of symptoms uh, and Generally, there's a form of anxiety that we call hypervigilance or being on high alert. Well, you feel like you're walking on eggshells or waiting for the next bad thing to happen. That's a hallmark symptom that we only really feel during any kind of a traumatic reaction. Along with that, there can be fears, concerns. And what we're seeing in our practice is that as the state reopens and there's me just a little bit more sense of, of freedom. Is that people are actually afraid to, to go out into the world because of everything we've been through with uh, COVID nineteen? So there's fear. There's a dysregulation, and what that what I mean by that is that the central nervous system is really out of kilter, and it's having a hard time kind of maintaining and keeping us kind of calm. Or within a window of tolerance, right? We all have windows of tolerance that allow us to cope and when we're in that space, we can tolerate things that come at us without having too much of a negative response. When there's a traumatic reaction and particularly in our current situation where it's an ongoing uh, stressor, an ongoing situation with a lot of uncertainty, that can really start to impact Sleep, where people have trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, or they wake up earlier in the morning than they would like to, they can start to have symptoms in their body where their body has more tension and they aren't able to release that. They can have intrusive thoughts and memories or even really bad dreams or nightmares of the fear. So, for example, if you are someone who's really afraid of catching the virus because well, maybe your your immune system isn't that strong or someone that you live with, immune system isn't that strong. That could be a persistent fear that you have and that might start to intrude and impact your ability to function the way you want to. Trauma is really known for the way that it intrudes and interferes in a person's life. I think that's one of the kind of hallmarks ways to look at it. If you're looking for common signs, that's it. Someone else might be able to respond to the same stressor without having that same degree of symptoms or intrusion and, and manage it on their own while you, maybe because of your history, maybe because of other situations that you have exposed to, aren't able to manage this effectively. And it really begins to impact how a person's able to function personally, uh, professionally in their work, in their interactions with others, and it can really make you feel really, really uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So you mentioned before that the effects of traumatic stress or, you know, if someone were to experience traumatic stress, that they should seek professional help. Um, and, you know, while the, that that's not the purpose of this discussion, but certainly but certainly I would love to know um, for, you know, anyone out there that's listening, um, what can they do um, to relieve this traumatic stress as best they can by themselves, um, and definitely, how do they cope with it, and how do they begin to recover? Because this is an ongoing pandemic; there is no end in sight. But can you give can you give our listeners some tips and some advice for um, staying really resilient during this time?
1: Yes, yeah, I think there are some really practical things that we can all do. Uh, one of the real challenges is that. From the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States, it's been referred to as social distancing and keeping our space from one another. And really what we're talking about is physical distancing because we need social interaction and connection safely, but we need that. we become very dysregulated. So if if you're someone who's been working from home this entire time, and not having the same amount of interaction with people, that's going to leave you feeling really out of sorts. And and if it's a lot more screen time, which it certainly was for me, that's really difficult also because it really tires the brain in a different way, fatigues the brain. So do your best to interact with others safely, appropriately. I talked to you know my clients about having driveway visits where you're at the opposite end of the driveway or on the other side of the driveway, you eat too much there, have coffee with your best friend. See them. You know, the eye-to-eye contact is is really, really important and helpful to kind of reset the brain and help us to be more resilient. So I think that's a really important piece. Um, There's been this phenomenon of drive-by parties, which I think is a really ingenious way to connect. You drive by, you say hello, you smile at everyone, you catch up for a few minutes, and then you go on your way. Um, I think that's another really important way to have socialization. Limiting screen time, really, really important. If you think about, if you're working all day on a screen, and then you're watching television at night, and you're on an iPad, or you're on a phone, your brain never gets a break from that continual stimulation, and it isn't going to like it. You're going to find you're more sluggish, not able to interact with others as effectively as you would like. So get outside and roll. We'll, I mean, it's right now considered safe to be able to walk outside and keeping the distance from others. That can be a way of really helping to reset your central nervous system, your brain, and release stress from your body. I think that's a really important um thing to do is keep that cardiovascular exercise going, we're really faced with the challenges that none of us have really ever had to face before. or uh, And we've, we're being asked to be even more flexible than we've ever known how to be. And that's a challenge. It would be for anyone. So the more that we can do some of these things that our brain likes or, and our central nervous system and our bodies like, the better we're going to feel. And it's going to really help us be more resilient.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've been trying to do all of those things myself. Um, Mm -hmm. A a quick follow-up to the screen time. So there's a difference between physical screen time and being on the screen too much and looking at social media and the news because it changes every day and things are oftentimes pretty negative um, on those platforms. So would you have any recommendation for people to limit social media and news intake as well? Absolutely, 100%. Um, I think that
1: a lot of people are bored (laughs) and have nowhere to go, right? And, And so we're on screen time. And there were even some studies that were looking at the change in social media use when we first went down into shutdown in Connecticut. And social media use you know, increased by something like 30%. It's starting to normalize. But the thing about that is that it's very disconnecting to be in social media. If you're on a screen scrolling, you're not in the here now. You're not in the present moment. And it's too easy to get pulled in. And, you know, we all have opinions. And on social media, there are not a lot of filters and how people are sharing those opinions. And I just don't find that that's particularly helpful or useful in any positive way for anyone. And it's also the exposure to the kind of 24 7 news cycle and how so much is getting posted in social media. And there's no way to shut off, right? This is the, the real challenge about a communal trauma such as this pandemic is that. It's ongoing. It's never ending. There's so much uncertainty. And if we add to that by being in social media and reading all these articles that are being published, it just continues to rev up you know, our anxiety and our stress levels without ever giving us a break from them. So I think a real mindful break would be to limit the time you're on social media tell anyone who will listen to me is to take the apps off of your phone so that if you really feel a need to go on to Facebook, you're going to have to go to a computer and log in. There's an extra effort and that may just help to to just have that moment pass where that impulse is there. I think it's really important to limit watching the news and just trust that if there's something that's really important to know, that you'll find a way to get that information. Uh, The news doesn't have anything good to bring to us generally. It's really a lot of negativity. And um, at a time when we really need more positive influence and more positive energy, I think limiting access to social media and to the news are two really good mindful ways to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to steal that idea of deleting a couple Um, unnamed Mm -hmm. social media apps off of my phone (laughs) to limit some use. That's a great tip. Um, So for people who have been working from home for the past four months, uh, such as myself, Mm -hmm. or even people that have had to continue working in their workplace and have to go out to customers or um, deal with other people in the workplace, and then also especially people who have lost their job and are you know, continuing to look for a new opportunity. I mean, these are all different situations, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but certainly at this point in the pandemic in the United States, we've hit a point of burnout. So I wanted to ask you how to recognize burnout and how to prevent it, both for people that are listening, but also for business owners. You know, what should Mm -hmm. they look for in their employees' that will signal to them, okay, maybe this person needs a break. Maybe they need a few days off. Maybe they just need to take it easy or lighten their workload a little bit. So can you answer those two things, recognizing and preventing burnout, and then also recognizing it in your employees?
1: I think from a a business owner perspective, it's really watching and listening. Notice that if if you've got employees who are more inattentive than usual. So you're looking for a departure from what was the be usual behavior for someone. So if, if someone is inattentive, that may be a sign that their stress is beginning to get to them. If you start to see a change, either weight gain, weight loss, or someone making more mistakes than usual. right? These are all kinds of signs that someone might be having more stress than they're able to deal with, and if left unattended, most likely to end up with burnout. We're really being asked to work hard and longer and faster and better while under exorbitant stress. And it's, it's just not something that we're going to be able to do without having breaks, without having rest, without having some, even just some appreciation for doing what we're doing. And that could be as simple as getting a small gift or having cookies available for someone. It doesn't have to be anything super, super expensive. But, you know, if you have concerns that someone might be uh, perhaps drinking more alcohol than usual or any other substance, these are all warning signs that they're making attempts to kind of cope with stress, but maybe in ways that aren't super effective. But, you know so those are the kind of maybe some warning signs from a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um we're all trying to be more resilient. Ultimately that's what we all need to be. And ways to do that really are reasonable work schedules, reasonable work demands, um, letting someone have a little bit of extra time off if they look like they really need it. Give them a long weekend. Where you can if you can do that, that's going to be very helpful. Um, and, you know, there's a continuum here of people who are going to do all right with managing this level of stress, people who are in the middle that are kind of maybe okay, maybe not so okay, and then people who are kind of at the bottom who are just not going to be able to manage additional stressors because of whatever else they have going on in their lives outside of work. So that phenomenon is always, you know, the case. And then we layer on all of these other stressors. I do think it matters what the job is and whether or not you're considered a frontline worker. I mean, the stressors that we've seen in people who have been performing as frontline workers is really much, much, much higher. And I think we're going to see a significant number of frontline workers needing additional support in the form of professional uh, support. If they're not considered essential workers, the stress is still there. It may just be a little bit different, but we've all had to adjust to wearing masks. We've all had to adjust to really changing our behaviors. And that alone is a significant stressor. So I think it's awareness. Um, you know, if we think about the business owner, it's awareness. It's like you know, ABC. Awareness, wherever their behavior changes, and you know, by the way, see. How can, what can we do to um, change the current experience of someone who's working for us? And that could be something very small. That might be something more significant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the last question I had for you was during this time, how do business leaders talk about stress with their employees? One, how do business leaders get an employee to open up and be comfortable talking about what they're struggling with. I mean, is it as simple as a business owner being more forthright and more open themselves about what they're dealing with?
1: It can be. I mean, I think the big message about all of this is that it's such a shared experience where we're all experiencing the same reason for the stressor. How we experience it differs from person to person. I, I think that is one really helpful strategy is to be open about it. I think business owners can provide information to their employees about managing stressors, understanding stressors, what does it look like when you might need a little bit more support or someone you love might need that extra support. So it's about always about having resources available. What are the resources that business owners can tap into to provide to their staff? And I think being open about the impact of stress for everyone, and how if I'm an employee and my employer expresses an interest in how I'm doing, I'm going to receive that positively. And I think most people will, not everyone, but most people will. That doesn't necessarily mean the employee is going to open up because they may have concerns or fears about that impacting their job.
0: But that, you know, that kind of persistent, Support is really important. I would definitely agree with that. Well, Deb, thank you so, so much for talking with me um, today. Uh, This is a conversation that I've been wanting to have with someone for, (laughs) I mean, I had it four months after the shutdown happened, but, you know, there is still stress out there. Um, I know I've felt it. And so I think this is just a really important conversation that we should continue to have. And I'm so glad you were able to offer some advice and tips for our listeners. So thank you so much for talking with me. And of course, I hope, hope you're well. Thank
1: you. I'm happy to do it. And I just encourage everyone to reach out for what they need, whatever that looks like. If that's talking to a friend, if that's talking to maybe a supervisor at work, or a colleague to. the stigma around um, anxiety worry really fear is still quite high and and perhaps one of the gifts of the pandemic is that we might be able to do a better job of managing all of this
0: for all of us. For the latest COVID-19 information, visit cBIA.com. Follow us on Twitter at CBIA news and on Facebook. Call us anytime at 860-244-1900. Stay safe out there.